From Adult Serial, I'm Matt Carlson, and this is Reconsider Strangers, the show where I talk with complete strangers to discover who they are, how they grew up, and learn from their stories, and maybe gain a friend in the process. There is no better strategy to learn who someone is than to talk with them. Today's episode is a bit different than usual. Today's guest is from Reddit. I posted that I was looking for people to interview and received quite a few emails. As always, I don't want to know anything about the guest that I am about to interview until we start talking. And today's guest, I noticed via his email that he has a podcast about. His podcast is called Depressed, Not Dead. This week has been a difficult one as we've had many people in our community affected by suicide and the timing of today's guest couldn't be better. I'm really hoping that this episode sheds some light into depression and ways to be a help to those suffering. And there are links in the show notes if you need help or know someone who does. The truth is we're all flawed. And the more we know and understand the people around us, the better we can love them in a way that they feel loved. Today's guest is JP. Since I knew he had a podcast, that was my first question. Um, can, you tell me, can you tell me a bit about it? Uh, yeah, so it's, so I suffer, I deal with major depressive disorder and a a slew of other kind of mental illnesses. Uh, and I started the podcast as kind of a, uh, an online journal. Uh, I was never very good at journaling and, and keeping what I wrote. I would always write things out and look at it the next day and say, wow, that's, that's garbage. Right. So I would just throw it out. Uh, I had some podcasting experience in the past with a buddy of mine. And so I thought, well, why don't I try doing this? And I put it out anonymously, um, and I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it. And like the very next week after my first episode, I got an email from a guy um, who said, hey, I found your podcast. I was Google searching suicide, and uh, I really like oh, your man. show. Yeah. Um, and from there, it's kind of taken off, and I'm, I'm at like episode 158 now. Uh, and it's basically just me, just a, you know, a 40 something guy living with depression, um, the kind of ins and outs, the, what goes through my head, what I think about, uh, what I struggle with, what I win with things like that. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of episodes, but it's still a pretty small kind of podcast, you know, it's a really kind of sure. niche kind of thing. Right. But I get emails, uh, text messages all the time. Like, Hey, um, I was, I was, did a search for depression, um, mental illness, found your podcast. And it's really amazing to hear someone saying the things that I'm thinking. Um, so like the listeners I get are really, um, valuable. I get a lot back from it. How long have you dealt with depression? Um, that's a good question. Um, at least since my teenage years, maybe even before that, I kind of, I, I, um, I deal with avoidant personality disorder, which is kind of not quite so known as depression and things. Borderline personality disorder, I think, is is known a lot more. Um, and I think that's what brought me around to depression. I think the, the personality disorder was first. You know, I get into these these thought processes, mental processes, and, you know, things just kind of spiral. You know, whatever whatever brought about the personality disorder, I'm still working on that. You know, ther- therapy is is what it is, and sometimes it's a breakthrough. Sometimes it's it's not. It's you know a long long slog. Sometimes. Sure, I know I know quite a few people that 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 have depression. My wife my wife does as well, and mm-hmm. I never 
never quite understood it. And I had a friend over who does, he does poetry. Like um, he's been doing poetry since he was like a teenager and he go, he travels around the world. Oh, wow. And he deals with, with massive depression and his dad did as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And his dad did commit suicide. Oh, no. um, had ma- major back pain, and um, I knew that I knew my friend Levi uh, had had dealt with depression, and he's a really he's an excellent communicator. And so I, I mm-hmm. had to ask him one night. They came over, for, him and his wife came over for dinner, and I was like, "What? Like, what is it like? I'm really trying to wrap my mind around what, like, what does this mean?" And he actually wrote a poem about, about the experience. Oh, really? And. Uh, about he he wrote he wrote a poem about that night of when he, when he told me about um, how depression functions in his life or dysfunctions in his life, mm-hmm. and yeah. I didn't quite understand it beforehand, and I also didn't know my wife had depression until he's sitting there telling me, like in very vivid detail, being able to describe the feelings and thoughts that he had, and my yeah. eyes just got bigger, my mouth hit the floor, and I looked at my wife, and she's looking at me, and I'm like, you you have this. This night was a night that I would never forget. I'm not going to go into all the differences and how my wife and I process things differently, but I can tell you this. Before Levi explained to me in great detail what it's like to have anxiety and depression, I learned that I made my wife's life harder. In an attempt to make life easier, I instead added pressure to things like making decisions. It was hard to communicate as we were truly on different pages, even though we had the best of intentions. Let me play for you a clip of Levi's poem that he wrote about that night, as he will always put into words what I struggle to comprehend. We don't know who we are in here. I understand that, that for the most part, history only celebrates martyrdom for the ones who didn't make a spectacle of lighting themselves on fire. She doesn't want your sentiments. We do not want to personify the void any more than you want to be swallowed up by us as black holes, absorbing all of the light that you fell in love with when our stars were still exploding. Of course we envy the calm that emanates from the way you are able to choose you which candy bar you'd like to purchase at the gas station. It's As blinding. Put into words of course, we're angry when you say, well, I don't know. What would you like to share? As if we know. As if I have any idea. And if I'm already shaking because I can't make a decision between Reese's Pieces and Starburst, then how am I ever supposed to go fearless into our future with every infinite possibility lingering with chalkboard nails inside of my head? Just Let me play for you a clip of Levi's poem that he wrote about that night. As he can tell you that that night... And his words and that poem helped me to not be the culprit in my wife's life in dealing with depression. It has helped me to have more grace and more patience. I'm certainly not perfect by any means, but I know that opening up to the ones we love about the things that matter transforms us and sometimes them. It transforms us as individuals and it transforms the community we surround ourselves with as we mutually attempt to positively affect each other. I wondered how JP's wife helps him with depression. Well, so like my wife is terribly supportive, right? And she kind of, it's a weird balance of like giving space and just letting someone know that you're available and also saying it 
talking it, living it. It's really it's it's tricky because uh, neurotypical is right the catch the catchphrase now for a normal brain, right? If you're neurotypical, you really can't understand what it's like, you know, at, at the deep core of depression. And even even now, like I'm I'm doing much better lately. I've got a good medication regimen going on. It, it almost feels like being out of touch with how I felt a year ago, two years ago. Like I can't even put my head back into that space. It's, you know, it's different for, for lots of people. You know, d- depression is your, it's your brain, but it's your worst enemy. It's, it's almost like having a second thought process, right? Where everything that you see is colored or shaded by this depression. Supporting someone is, is tricky. Um, really, you just have to Give them a chance to open up and talk if they want to talk about things. Obviously, don't say things like, hey, just, you know, turn that frown upside down, buckaroo kind of thing. Right. Um, it's and, insulting at some some level. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just you just can't. You know, I did a, a podcast about um, affirmations, positive affirmations and things like that um, and how much I hated them at the time because, you know, um, fake it till you make it. I don't know if you heard that one. Right. Um, all yeah, kinds sure of different did. things. Right. Like there's yeah. no, like that. that's all, it might as well be in Latin if someone's saying those kind of things to someone who's, who's kind of deep in depression. I really appreciated JP's help in understanding how to help. And obviously everyone's a bit different. The thing is, I know that in helping, sometimes we make things worse or just weird, just like JP described. He told me that he would rather listen sometimes than talk himself. Yet he has a weekly podcast where all he does is talk. Solo. He talks. And I asked JP, like, how did this all come about? You know, I think there's a lot of, like I said, it started out as kind of anonymous, right? I did some little editing and, you know, changed my voice a little bit. So if someone, somebody I knew stumbled upon the podcast, um, they wouldn't necessarily know it was me. Um, is, which is funny because at the same time, I never expected anyone to listen, but you know, I've got, I've got kids, I've got stepkids, I've got an ex-wife, I've got parents, brothers, things like that, that maybe they don't want, um, that connection, you know, knowing all these things about me, um, you know, for other people. Um, sure. And, but there's still kind of an anonymous facet of doing the podcast right i mean i'm faceless and that's different you know speaking to a microphone is different from speaking to a person face to face or on the phone um you know one of the 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 things i i struggle with with the avoidant personality disorder is that like hey like i can't let this person find out the real me so speaking in conversations is difficult you know, this, this kind of interview we're doing right here is yeah. like crazy, like anxiety, stress level for me because, you know, I say something and you're going to process that and say something back. And the more I speak, the more you're going to realize how screwed up I am. Right. That, I mean, that's my thought process in my head. Hmm. Um, but when I'm doing a solo podcast, it's like, I'm just talking and, you know, yeah, someone is going to process this, but you know, I don't know who they are. You know, I get maybe, you know, 4,000 downloads a month um, on like four shows. 
Um, but I don't, you know, with a very rare exception, I don't know who those people are who are listening. Sure. And so it feels safer, right? Like I'm not going to, they're not my next door neighbor who's going to sit at home at night thinking, boy, that weird guy who lives next door or, or something like that. So I, I kind of I just embrace the, the, the facelessness of it, right? I mean, that's, that's the internet, right? Everybody's faceless. And, and there's weird things with it. Like my wife's ex-husband listens to my show. Um, <laughs> How's which, that? Yeah. Um, sometimes it's a little weird and I find myself uh, censoring the things I will say just because of that, because it, you know, it, it's a great relationship that, that they have. And, you know, he's really important part of the kids' lives and things like that. But like I won't ever, you know, I won't ever, ever, ever say something that's stressful in the house. Like if my wife and I have a fight or something, I'm not going to talk about that because I don't want, I don't need him hearing about that kind of stuff. Right. If I'm sure. ha having trouble with one of the kids, I'm certainly not going to talk about that. But, you know, I'll talk about, you know, the the last time I tried to kill myself and I don't, you know, he can know that, but he can't know kind of what's going on inside the four walls of our house if that makes sense sure right no, so my it doesn't make sense yeah my best friend listens to the show um he's a he's a big supporter he's actually where i've gotten all my microphones and, and lots of different things um and that's kind of weird because you know i'm down in north carolina he's up in michigan uh we'll talk once a week maybe on the phone but it's always kind of weird like I can't like I don't know what to say to him because he knows what's going on um you know maybe not the minutiae of, of that, that friends share but like as far as emotionally and intellectually and where I'm at he already knows that and you know I always kind of wonder like am I repeating myself am I telling him something that I already said on the podcast what how's that work so it's interesting some of the folks who do listen it's uh yeah, I, I like the the facelessness of it. No, that that does make sense. But at the same time, you now know that you have it's not anonymous for certain individuals that they right. are fully aware of who you are. Yeah, 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 and yeah, and like nobody who I know in my my personal life will talk about what I talk about on the show, um, unless it's like you know, if it, if it's something that's really affected me, then my friend Dave might say, Hey, you know, do you want to talk about it? And then that'll be it. Um, so but it's not like, what name do you go by on the podcast? I'm sorry. Uh, so that's fine. So actually I've, I've come clean and used my name JP. Um, but as for the podcast, it's, uh, Jamolke is like my, my username, my producer name. It's, um, J-A-M-O-A-L-K-I, and it's actually just the first two letters of each of my four girls' names. Oh, very in, cool. In order of age. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of my identity now um, is, you know, being a dad to those four girls. Um, and then I've got two stepkids also now. Um, but, yeah, so that's, it's uh, Jamolke Presents Depressed Not Dead is, you know, how I present the podcast. Um, but uh, it, people know me as JP. People who text me will text me as JP. Uh, some folks, newer folks, will email me off the website and say, hey, Jamolke, how are you, kind of thing. Um, 
So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's the, the point of the podcast has changed a lot. Um, like I, I, around episode 40 or so, it, it kind of changed from being necessarily therapeutic for me and more for like in support of those people who listen to the show. Right. Like I got, I got enough emails and messages that said, Hey, you know, what you're doing is really important to me. And I get, I gain a lot from it. So now I'm like kind of almost doing it for the listeners. And, you know, I think lately that's kind of come through in the the episodes. Like I don't, I'm having trouble coming up with content lately and, you know, I feel like I need to put something out because these people are, are, or listening and, you know, you know, they're not necessarily living and dying by the sound of my voice, but it's something, you know, it's, it's like a sort of a contract that we have between us, right? Like, like I put this out and you listen to it and you feel comfort on, from in some way. So I, I, you know, I've, my dad's been sick for a while. Uh, he just passed away like a week and a half ago. Um, and like the past two months, all it's been is about about him and how I don't feel anything because of it. I'm not in, I don't have a strong connection with my emotions and it's just been bugging me. And it seems like every episode, that's all I talk about is how dad's dying and I don't feel anything from it. And I think it's become that because I feel not pressure, but the urge to put a show out for you know johnny in new york who that was the first guy who emailed me might be listening and he might you know i don't want him to you know i know what it's like waiting for a podcast to come out right Right. Um, you know yeah it's like certain ones that come out every sunday or every saturday or whatever but you know the random ones it's like okay it's wednesday there's not an episode it's thursday there's not an episode i know what that's like when it when it pops up in your feed and like all right fine yeah great um, and you know, I don't know if it's full headed of me to think like somebody thinks that way about my show, but maybe they do. And, you know, if, if, if I can help out, then I should help out. So the title of your, of your, or I guess the subtitle of your show is depressed, not dead. And you had just mentioned that yeah. you had attempted suicide. Yeah. Um, a couple times and I had another moment of crisis um so but the most recent was back uh january 2015 so it's been a while it's good Um, it's been a while (laughs) yeah yeah um and i started this so that was what four years four and a half years ago i started the show about three years ago and you know so that was a year and a half after and like i didn't i didn't feel like i'd made any progress um in that year and a half and that's where i came up with the kind of the the name of the show is yeah i am still crazy depressed but i'm not dead i'm still still hanging around um and it's been a while now since i've had those kind of suicidal ideations um which is great um so it it feels a little empty when when you know the not dead part comes out but um you know, I, I open up every show like, hey, it's whatever the date is, you know, and as of this recording, I'm still depressed, but I'm not dead. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm really kind of bumming out your podcast here. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I, 
like I don't I don't understand um, fully. Um, I, I did have a season. I did have a season where I was uh, laying on my back twenty four seven because I had I, I eventually got a, a back a spinal fusion and then oh got, gosh, and then okay. got T boned. Um, I got T boned like three months ago, and so it kind of threw me oh, back wow. under the bus again. Yeah, and so I I I now have more of a, uh, a more empathy, I would say, for people that deal with um, depression. Uh, mm-hmm. from, from, from a standpoint, mine my, my was situational. Right. So the things yeah. that are physical, that are obvious, that are, that are, um, uh, we can see, uh, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to have, uh, hope. Mm-hmm. But when yeah. you don't know, like in the middle of my season, when I was laying on my back, I didn't know at, at some point, gosh, I mean, a year into it, all I could think of is this is never going away. And I'm, I'm going to be laying on the, on a hard floor for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Why isn't it, why isn't right. this being healed? And the doc, doctors kept telling me, just swim, just swim. <laughs> and just so swim. I did, okay. I could swim. Like that was a, that was the grand thing is I, I physically had the capacity to do that. But outside okay. of that, like I couldn't do anything. And so I could imagine like, where do you find your hope? Like now I, now I know like I got surgery and so I have hope because it's, they get healed and unfortunately, mm-hmm got an accident again, but where do you find like your source of inspiration and hope to, 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 to march through the, through the next day? Yeah. Um, so the thing of that is when, like, when you're kind of in the deep depression, when you're kind of in the throes of it, there really, there is no hope. And I guess I should kind of qualify that and say, you know, this is my experience with it because we all, you know, if, if it's a, a mental, emotional thing, we all experience it differently. Right. There's that whole thing, like the color red, like, how do I know the red looks the same to you as it does for me? Right. So how can I say my depression reflects your depression kind of thing, but there just is no hope. There's just like, you're just existing each day comes and each day goes, you know, I didn't, I didn't look forward to anything. I didn't make any plans for the next day. Uh, It wasn't that I thought that I wouldn't make it to the next day. There were plenty of times when I hoped that I wouldn't, you know, just that kind of cliche, like go to sleep and hope you don't wake up in the morning. But there just, there wasn't any hope. There was, it was just kind of going through the motions every day. You know, some folks, when they, when they're depressed, they, they don't eat. And, you know, all of us like don't take care of ourselves. Like self-care goes out the window. Like you, you hear the stories of not showering for weeks on end or, you know, like stop brushing your teeth, stop shaving, all that kind of stuff. Because, and you, you mentioned like, you know, there's things that you want to do, but you just can't do it. For me, it was like, there wasn't anything I wanted to do. I just, I don't know. I just, I would wake up in the morning and I moved out. I I lived in Michigan. I moved out to Minnesota to be with my, my girlfriend, now wife, um, after my last attempt. Um, as a way to kind of get away from the pressures of my life, my, you know, my ex-wife and all my kids and my mom, my dad, my brother, all that, um, and go somewhere new just to work on me. Um, and, you know, really, I just kind of rode on my wife's coattails. Like, you know, she would get up to go to work, so I would get up in the morning with her because what else am I going to do? We would go to bed you know, at some point, watch some TV. And so I would do that. Other than that, like, 
that I wasn't working. I was, you know, therapy, you don't go to therapy every day. Even when I was in a day program that was three days a week, you know, I would do that for four or five hours in the morning. But other than that, I just, I just kind of hung out. I just, I just watched TV and didn't have a single thought about accomplishing anything. I didn't feel pressure to accomplish anything. I just, I just existed. I just, I just woke up and went back to bed. I woke up and went back to bed. You know, as, as time went on, you know, different medications or therapies or, you know, just time itself from, you know, depressive episodes come and go. So my official diagnosis is major depressive disorder recurrent, just like it sounds. It's it's cyclical. You know, it's not with the seasons. It's not annually. It's just kind of when it comes, it's here. What's what's changed? Like what are what are some things um, that have changed um, drastically in your life from that season from when you did want to take your life to today when mm-hmm. you, when you're actively, I'm, a, well, I, I guess, I'm guessing like, what is, what is today like? Yeah. Um, so I, fortunately for me, I can credit a lot of my mental thought change to medication. Um, just uh, earlier this year, I changed to a new medication, new psychiatrist, new medication. Um, and it was, I mean, it was like within a week, like suicidal ideations were gone and it was amazing. Right. Like I, I didn't, you know, I, I used to, you know, when you go into a new building, check out how tall it is, do the windows open things like that. Um, was how I used to think all the time. And now I, I don't, it doesn't cross my mind at all. Um, you know, I'm still, I'm still me, right. I'm still flawed the way I'm flawed, um, with different, kind of mental illnesses. Like I, I look forward to like seeing my girls. We, my ex moved down here to North Carolina and, you know, my wife was like, Hey, we're, we're going to go too because I want to keep all the kids close together. So I look forward to seeing my kids, you know, every two weeks, I look forward to making a trip back to Michigan to see my friend. Um, I don't really look forward to work, but you know, I, I think about work, you know, what's good, what's work going to be like tomorrow? What's going to be like the next day? You know, and there's just different things that I feel, I hate to say it, but I feel more normal, right? Like I can, something comes up, you know, if it's, uh, like I, I never wanted to look at bills. I never wanted to worry about my car having problems, mowing the lawn, things like that. Like those things occur and it's not like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. This is, you know, it sucks when you get an unexpected bill. But it's not like, oh, geez, just pile on and, you know, what else can go wrong? Sure. Um, and so it, it's, I'm in a much better place um, well, it's cool than I that was. You have, a, you have a job now and you're working. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a pretty yep. drastic change from where you were at before to where you're at now. And you are, and yep. you are thinking about the next day and you're not thinking about how tall buildings are. <laughs> um, right. Like as soon as you said that, I... Never would have thought of that, and it it was kind of a grim, weird, awkward feeling that I had just had when you had said that. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. that that that's not something I think that people typically would think about, or right. I mean, or that they but they know somebody who has, they know somebody mm-hmm. who does. Like, has it gotten worse in time for yourself, or do or because I, I I've heard a lot about people having anxiety or, or depression nowadays mm-hmm. than I have ever before in my life. 
certainly when yeah. I was growing up. But again, I was a kid, so I don't know if I would have even recognized when I heard it back in the day. Right. Because um, I, I am as well. I'm I'm 41. So, mm-hmm. um, do you think it's gotten worse today, or what are your thoughts? Um. So I think that it's um, the kind of the stigma around mental illness is starting to come down. Um, there's still a lot of work to do, but I think it's, I think there's more understanding now and there's not kind of that first thought. Like if you say that I'm depressed or I'm, I have anxiety or I'm, I have bipolar one or bipolar two, there's not like the first thought of that kind of Jack Nicholson, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, right? Of just, you know, a house full of crazies and people, you know, you know, oh, the sky is purple and, you know, all this kind of crap. Sure. Um, so I think, I think there's that, which lets people talk about it more. But I also think with things like anxiety and maybe not so much bipolar, but depression, um, like it's, it's not really cool to say that you have anxiety, but it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like fitting in, like, gosh, I get, you know, there's being anxious and then there's having anxiety. And I think the, the general line between that is blurred quite a bit. So I think people will talk about having anxiety um, and maybe they're just, you know, we're anxious for, you know, three weeks because a big test was coming up or, you know, they're getting married or something like that. Um, and I think people will be, be sad or grieve, um, when, you know, at the loss of something and we'll just toss out that, you know, they're depressed and, you know, there's, there's a distinction between those. And I don't necessarily mind that maybe people are throwing around the terms a little more than they should, because I think it opens up conversation about it. Um, but I don't think, you know, I don't think there's more depression going on or more anxiety going around. Um, I think it's just, uh, a little more normal to talk about it. Yeah. And I, I think some of it also is, you know, I look at, at my mom and, and my dad, um, before he passed and, you know, that kind of, that generation, right. That so-called greatest generation, right. From born in the thirties and forties and even the fifties. And, you know, there was kind of that, that pluckiness, that kind of, well, you know, whatever, whatever stage your life is at, this is, this is the life you have and you keep going and you just keep doing it. Um, and so I think there was probably a lot of undiagnosed issues, um, in a couple generations before us. And I think that might have something to do with it as well. Um, it's not, um, I don't know, it's not socially inbred that you just kind of persevere. Yeah. I could see that back when like, um, you know, the greatest generation, it was one in which you worked the same job for 60 years. You got a pension, Mm -hmm. whether, whether you liked it or not, you didn't leave that job. You just, you, so it was a lot of (laughs) people drinking themselves to sleep and, Right, trying to figure right. out how to to not they didn't necessarily talk to their kids they they worked and that was their identity and now mm-hmm. we have more of a uh, a sense of understanding that life is more than just a job yep. it's also about the people that yep. we surround ourselves with in our community and being giving more than just to our work or our employer 
And right. so, I, yeah, no, I could see that. That's that's like that's an interesting, interesting perspective because I, I certainly um, thought that it was it was becoming more prevalent, but I also mm-hmm. understood that it's it's one in which people are more willing to discuss it, have dialogue right. around it, as opposed to it being this quiet, you know, hush hush thing, um, and just putting a smile on your face, you know, right? Kind of a kind of a mentality, so. Mm-hmm. And you feel yeah, that you I, feel that's you feel it's better for it to be out in the open than than to be hidden. I'm assuming. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm all about speaking about it um, and having it part of public consciousness um, and part of the conversation that we have, um, because it's you know having been there and only my ex- my experience with depression, but it's. I mean, it's, it's terrible and you feel like you're the only one who, who feels that way or thinks those things or, and like I said, I mean, I get messages from folks who are like, wow, I can't believe someone else thinks this. And as long as people are going to be thinking that, then it's a problem. Yeah. Like it doesn't make your depression go away knowing that someone else has had these thoughts, but there's a kind of an inclusion that you know, you don't feel quite so alone. Um, and I think invariably we're going to, you know, find out the more stories about people who, you know, had mental illnesses and now have it under control to where they're, you know, having a, a happy, productive life. And I think that's going to be valuable. You know, I, I yeah. don't think we're quite, we're not at that point right now. We're at the point now where, you know, celebrity suicides and things like that are the main story. And, and I think going back 50 years ago, it probably wouldn't have been reported as a suicide. Like someone just died. So, you know, it's coming around. People are talking about it more, but there's, there's a a good long way to go. Well, it's, Um, it's pretty clear that, that the quality of someone's life doesn't necessarily have an effect on giving, giving you hope. Right. Or else, I mean, I think of Anthony Bourdain, and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love his, I love his show, <laughs> and I, I couldn't imagine having a better, uh, like a better life and a better job, right. and it just, it mm-hmm. was, I mean, he and he seemed like he was full of life and vigor, mm-hmm. and just wanted to just live life to the extreme, and he talked with amazing people and uh, incredible cultures, and it wasn't, it didn't feel like a facade; it felt like you're stepping into someone's vacation to an incredible yeah. land and incredible foods. And, and then he took his life. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I definitely have run into people where they just see the the bad things or they, or they turn it to sound or feel or look like it's bad, but I can't quite, uh, I don't see it the way they're seeing it, but trying to encourage them doesn't seem to help. Like what, or does it maybe, I don't know, like what, how can, how can those around you, um, in a general fashion, how can they, how can they assist or help? What can we, what can, um, we, what can we do? <laughs> I, again, I mean, it's just, so if you get people like Anthony Bourdain who, you know, are, I, I think the term is like high functioning, um, where, you know, they hide it is really well. So you don't have any clue. Um, in those situations, there's nothing you can do, right? I mean, I think that's where having the the public conversation about things like mental illness will make it so that those people feel like they can talk about it. Um, I 
I'd be surprised, you know, if we if we had a way to find out, I'd be surprised to find out that he didn't feel like he was the most alone person in the world. Like no one would understand him. Um so but but then the folks like you say who who it's it's maybe not obvious is is maybe not the best word, but it's clear that they're struggling with something. Um just give them an opportunity to have a voice um and feel safe and know that you're not going to judge them know that you know you're not going to run away screaming or anything like that if if they want to talk about stuff um and probably most folks still won't um because there's there's that kind of fear of you know I'm you know my depression made me feel still does make me feel so different from everybody else and that there's no like if you knew me the way i know me like no one would want to even speak to me and that's a real fear and it's you know even like my best friend there's still things that i wouldn't tell him and and they're probably insignificant things in in the real world but in my depressed mind they're like these these kind of pillars of abnormality so it's it's hard i mean the best is you know just let people know they they can have a voice and they can speak to you and talk to you or you know and they may just want to you know just have their guard down but not talk about what's going on inside their head so maybe just a casual conversation is you know comforting where do you where do you find your identity is it in depression or is it no longer in that uh, that's a good one. Um, so I went through a bit when I was starting to feel better, um, with a new medication a while back where like I was terrified of like the feeling going away. And then I was terrified of finding out who I might be because yeah, I mean, I, as far back as I can think, I, I've been depressed, not always like I was you know, four years ago, uh, four and a half years ago when I tried to take my life. Um, but always, always depressed. Um, I try to find my identity in being a dad, right. Go back to the Jamoki thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, it's true. I've actually been thinking about this a little bit lately, um, in, in how it relates to my podcast I do. Like, I wonder if at some point I'm going to have to give up the podcast because it's kind of retarding my, my growth. Like, I feel like if I'm putting out a depressed, not bet, not dead podcast, like I need to be depressed. Um, and like, I, I, I don't want to get on and talk about how wonderful things are because I know folks who are really depressed don't like that means nothing to them. Right. It's not that they don't want to hear, you know, these folks are invested in me and they want to hear that maybe I'm doing better. But like to say, like, wow, the, the sky was really blue today. Like that, that, that means nothing to someone who's, who's entrenched in being depressed. So for now, yeah, I still see myself. I'm, I'm a depressed person. And I think I stumbled over it when we started, started talking, like I, I struggle with depression, um, as opposed to, I have depression, which, which maybe sounds like a minor thing, but it's, it's a kind of 
you know, do I give agency to my depression or do I say that it's, it's, it's just a part of me, not who I am. So, yeah, I think, I think I do. I think I still look at myself as a depressed person. Like that's the filter that everything comes in, in at. So it's a, it's a daily, it's a daily struggle. Not, not, you're not, you're not past it. No, I'm not. Do you, Um, like, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm in a better place, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not out of it by any stretch. You know, I've, I've heard so many, so many people, um, you know, uh, I guess, um, minimize the effects of depression and, and say, you know, try harder kind of a thing. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. then I also have seen, uh, people get on meds and it drastically ha- gives them a competitive edge on, on, uh, uh conquering the effects of depression. Mm-hmm. And all I yeah. can think of is, man, give it a try, give it a chance. And I think about your podcast, it, it not as one in, in the necessity of you having to be depressed to put on the podcast, but also being mm-hmm. a person who like you're dealing with it, but here's, here are the, the steps you're taking. Here's, here's what's possible and being a, 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 a source of hope for those who potentially are like in it much deeper than you are, but to get, to give them um, a competitive edge. That's not, that's not mm-hmm. medicinal, but it is, um, uh, emotional and, and real. Um, cause we're the only creatures that have the capacity to reason, you know, and, and you can give right. them a reason to, to fight and not give up. Yeah. And ho- hopefully I do that. Um, I struggle really hard with not like giving, um, solutions to people because, you know, when I, I, I kind of hate that, right. Like do that, you know, go out and exercise and you'll start to feel better kind of thing. You know, I know for a fact, I have, I have friends I've made through the community who have gone through exercising and it, it doesn't help them at all. You know, medication, there's so many different kinds of medications. It's easy to get frustrated on them. And, and then there's treatment resistant depression where, you know, it seems like no medication is helpful. So, you know, like I said, fortunately for me, like I was able to get on these medications that kind of put me in a place where I can, like I can hold up the depression and I can see it and I can work around it and through it and, and with it. I don't know if that makes sense, but it, it's like I can, I can see it as an illness as opposed to necessarily just me. Like that depressive voice is not the one that's, that's driving my, my day anymore. Um, it's still there. It still, you know, reminds me all the time that, Hey, I'm here, but medication has given me a chance to, to work on it and, and, and try to find a way to, to manage it and deal with it and kind of live happily with it, I guess. Sure. So what do you like to do? Like, what do you, what, what do you do for, you know, hobbies, fun? Yeah. So that's another thing, right? Um, it's been so long since I've, you know, I used to love to play basketball, watch basketball, play some computer games, go to movies, hang out with friends, things like that. Um, and now I'm at a point where like my, my focus isn't where it ought to be. So it's difficult for me to get through even watching a movie. It's difficult for me to watch basketball. I'm, I'm at an age now where my body isn't nearly what it was before. So playing basketball isn't really something I enjoy anymore because I, you know, my mind works faster than my body will move. So it gets frustrating. And I'm at a point where I'm trying to figure out, you know, what my, what my hobbies should be 
for, you know, what I, I can get into and enjoy. You know, I want to say the podcast is my hobby, but I still kind of treat it. I think I treat it more like a, not like a chore, but like a chore. I enjoy seeing the downloads and I enjoy getting emails from folks, but the actual process of doing it is, is not something I enjoy. So I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a free agent really when it comes to having hobbies or things I enjoy doing. I'm still not terribly social. So like we just moved to North Carolina uh, just over a year ago. We just moved houses again this past summer. I, I still don't know any of the neighbors. My wife knows the neighbors. She's been over to their house, you know, had tacos and margaritas and things like that. And I still have that kind of nagging, like I, I can't let someone through. I can't let someone see me, you know. So I, I, small talk and conversation is really difficult for me face-to-face in person. So, yeah, I mean, I... I I don't know. I'm I'm a nice guy. I'm a funny guy, and I have no hobbies in my life. I, I spend a lot of time thinking about my kids, and you know what Good. what I can do to kind of be be there for them when I'm not physically there for them. Right. It's important, especially seeing that there's there's a massive lack of fathers in in today's, especially America's culture. Mm. It's it, there's a lot yeah. of uh, uh, abandoned children and the effects that has, uh, is, isn't good. And so mm-hmm. thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, well, it's thank, important thank to have, nice. yeah, no, it's, it's people don't, you know, you don't, you don't know what you have until it's gone kind of thing. Well, hopefully your kids never, right. never have to have to hear that when it, or have to feel that when they, when it comes to, um, when it comes to you. And so it's, it's a good mm-hmm. thing to not know what you, it's a good. It's good to not know how good you have it by not by yeah, by having to lose it, you know. And it's good to right. fight for your family and to and to be present. What I, yeah. what would what if you could? Uh, the floor is yours. You can say anything you'd like. <laughs> I would love to know, like what what would you love to tell the world? Ah, uh, what would I love to tell the world? Ooh, I th- see. When I think of the world, I think of like the mental health community. Right. Um, like that's, you know, that's like all my, all my Twitter is that and half of my Facebook is that and, you know, on Reddit and things like that. Just that, you know, I always used to tell people that, you know, there's, there's a path to wellness for everybody. I firmly believe that. And just because the path that you're on right now, doesn't seem like it's getting you there. It, it doesn't mean that, that what you're looking for isn't three steps to the right. And that's where your path lies. You just can't see it. Um, so, you know, if you can, you know, remind yourself not to give up hope. I know it's really hard. Um, lots of long days and nights and things like that, but if you can just keep it in your head that there's a, there's a path out there for you, maybe that'll get you through a long day and, you know, hopefully you find it. If you, if you think it's out there, then you've got more incentive to look for it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, a lot, it's kind of. You know, mental illness isn't the only tragedy in the world, right? So I, I think that fits for for lots of different people. Um, but just keep just keep looking, um, and and try try to remind yourself to, to keep going, and uh, hopefully good things come. Amen. No, it, it is it is it is wise words. I think it's a matter of of we all search and some find but some people give up searching 
and it's necessary yeah. for us to, to be able to find anything in life to continue to search. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate All your right, time. Thanks, man. Thank you, sir. Yep. If you are one of the folks that are searching, searching for a reason to live, don't give up. Don't give up searching. On average, there's 123 suicides a day in America alone, and America does not have the national highest average. Suicide ends the chance of anything getting better. Don't do it. Please talk to someone. I love that JP has really done the work to better himself and fight for life, his life and the life around him. It's kept him fighting. For everyone, the fight looks different. Heck, the fight for life looks different regardless if you deal with mental illness or not. I hope this episode has encouraged you and gave you some understanding of how to love the people around you better. In the show notes, there are links to tons of resources and the link to the poem that Levi wrote. If you need a professional to talk to, call 1-800-273-8255. If you just need a normal old person to talk to, call me at 505-903-6923. Please check out the show notes. And until next time, thanks for listening. If you'd like to be a guest on the next show, go to adultserial.com. In the meantime, make friends, not strangers. <laughs>